The Dolo White Podcast is brought to you by Cinema Anywhere Nashville. Follow Cinema Anywhere Nashville on Instagram and book your indoor or outdoor cinema experience today. Hey, it's Dolo White, and this is the Dolo White Podcast. Obviously, I've been off for a few weeks. Uh, my father, unfortunately and unexpectedly, passed away on June 15th. And while I was in Atlanta uh, taking care of that, my wife and daughter came down with COVID. So it's been a tough month. Having said that, I'm super excited to be back podcasting, and I'm very excited for my guest today. I've known her for years and have always held a special place in my heart for her cupcakes. I did this episode back in early June. It came out great, and she dropped so many gems and opened up about so many things that I didn't know about. My guest today is Mignon Francois, the founder of the Cupcake Collection. So let's eat some cupcakes and enjoy. This is the Dolo White Podcast. Pull up, get live. Yeah, what's up? Uh, this is not live. It, it's completely recorded. Broadcasting from one of the top recording studios in all of Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, that's not true at all. I'm, I'm probably at home doing this. He's been called one of the greatest thinkers of his time. Literally no one has ever called me that. I, I do kind of agree with it, though. Right a 2017 recipient of the Nobel Peace Prize. That's just a flat out lie. Talking politics, community, race, religion, entertainment, sports, and whatever the fuck else. Yeah. It's the Dola White Podcast. Episode 78 now of the Dola White Podcast. My guest today, I'm very excited to have you on. Miguel Francois of the Cupcake Collection. Literally the greatest cupcake you'll ever have in your entire life. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. I feel like you really feel that when you say Oh, it. no, I mean that. In, in, with every, in the depths of my soul, I mean that. And that's hard for me to admit because we got to get the elephant in the room out of the way here. Uh, you're a Saints fan. Yes. And, and that goes against everything I believe in life. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I don't think no matter where I live, I will ever stop being a Saints fan. As yeah. a matter of fact, I've been a season ticket holder for the past what? three years. Oh, God. Um, so I don't know. Why? Because, I mean, <laughs> it's just, that's our culture. You I know, know? Same with me. I'm, I'm been in Nashville now for 20 years. Uh, and I'm wearing an Atlanta Falcons shirt, which yeah. I wore just for you today, by the way. Because <laughs> it'll be the last time that you're in the presence of a Saints fan laughing with your exactly. dirty exactly. bird shirt on. Exactly. Uh, no, but you you guys have, a, have an incredible story. And I want to give you what I know. And then I want you to kind of give me details on it. You moved here in 04 after Katrina. Is that correct? Actually, I came the year before Katrina. Okay. You got yes. out before Katrina. Yes, we chose to live in Nashville. I think the thing about Katrina is my father was such a charming guy. Mm-hmm. And we lost my dad last year. I'm sorry. To and that, the sir. day that we were leaving for his funeral, we put a big memorial outside of the bakery with his big smiling face <laughs> on it. And we told that story of why people think we came here because Katrina. I believe it was because of my dad. He was outside talking to everyone and everyone wanted to feed him. And he loved the chicken at Monell's. Okay. So it just was a matter of he'd always say, I'm from New Orleans, girl, you know, (laughs) and I just think that's what stuck for people. So you guys moved to Nashville just because? Just Just because. Okay. Wow. We literally, I left home in... Um, 1995. So I've been gone from New Orleans for a while, living in different places. I lived in Atlanta nice. for about five years. You should have been. You should have <laughs> gotten some taste in football teams during your five years there. I don't know how that didn't happen, but okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna let you keep disrespecting me like that. <laughs> um, Fair enough. We did go to the Super Bowl. So anyway. <laughs> <sighs> 
<laughs> so anyway, um, I lived in Atlanta for a while. I lived in Houston for a while. And I just wanted to be closer to family, which is what took me to Atlanta. And then wanting to make a better life for our family, we chose to live in Nashville. And as soon as we got here, everything that we planned just fell through. Um, but I believe that nothing happens by mistake. Yeah. And I think that everything happens for a reason. I, I've said this for a long time. Every stupid thing you've ever had to do is taking you from where you are to where you want to be. Mm. And had I not been in Nashville, this, this is the only place I feel like the Cupcake Collection could have been from. And I believe that Nashville is the place where businesses come to be born. Mm. And this community will wrap its arms yes. around an idea and say, we'll try it. I remember I used to be out in the streets asking people to try my cupcakes <laughs> and I would tell them that I didn't know how to bake <laughs> and that I had a bakery coming soon. And they kind of look at me with that dog face, you know, <laughs> to, the, to the side. But they're like, OK, I'll try it. That would have never happened in New Orleans. We would not eat from somebody who said, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never done this before. And who are you? What's your name? You but try it this. In? Yeah, right. Yeah. They, we wouldn't have done it. So I feel like this is the only place we could have birthed this. So you guys bought a house that you were living in in Germantown, which if you're not from Nashville, Germantown now is a very mm -hmm. exclusive neighborhood. But then... Not many people bought homes close to town then. Like yeah. it just, it was, it just wasn't a thing. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? But you guys bought that house in Germantown and then it is now the Cupcake Collection. Yeah. How did that happen? Well, take me, take me from there to, to now. I love that. So we bought a house in, what we did was we bought a house out north. Yes. That's what we did. Yes. <laughs> and it became Germantown. And then, yes. And then we put Germantown on the map. Yes. I feel like you can't say Germantown without saying the cupcake collection. And no. we feel really proud of that. We went to that neighborhood because it reminded us of home. Mm. The I can see that. The brick sidewalks, yes. the way that the houses were made, that you could paint them any color. Yeah. Uh and I think mostly because it was a neighborhood. I feel like we had a mayor of our little town, an yeah. unofficial mayor of our town, who was really um, instrumental in helping the Cupcake Collection to get open by telling other people about it. And we had this little festival that would come to our neighborhood every year in October called the Oktoberfest. Yes, the Oktoberfest. And uh, it would bring 25,000, 30,000 people mm -hmm. to the neighborhood. Now, I'm sure it brings many more. We've right. outgrown the neighborhood and now it's across the street in the park. Oh, wow. Um, and now it's over days. It used to be one you know, <laughs> weekend, one day and a weekend. And then we went to a couple days. But the neighbors wanted everybody. Mm -hmm. to taste what I was doing. Mad Platter was the first business, which Mad Platter was a restaurant on the corner. Yes. It's now called Mother's Ruin. Yes. And uh, they were the first business that said, we want to put this on our menu. Um, Monell's tried to figure out, figure it out. How can we get this on our menu in a way that can bring people down to your shop? They just wanted people to taste what was good. And I, I don't think I was really extremely busy business savvy per se. Mm. I was looking for field trip money and I wasn't <laughs> trying to do anything too hard. You know, I didn't know this was going to happen to us. You didn't know how to make cupcakes. I, Cause I, I swear the first time I went in, I was like, this is probably some <laughs> recipe that she's had in her family for like generations. Mm. And 
And this that's not mine. that's you did this all to yourself. I did that in that house at that location. Did you just decide like, hey, I'm going to start making cupcakes? Yeah. And they're going to be better than everybody else's. <laughs> I don't know that I thought they were going to be better than everybody else's. <laughs> I just thought I could survive. I was a huge um, talk radio listener. Mm-hmm. And the man on the radio was telling people they could get out of debt by having a bake sale. And I was listening with intent. It was like my life depended on the feeling that they were getting when they were screaming, we're debt free. Right. And I wanted that. So I thought, well, I'm going to bake some cupcakes. There were no cupcake places in Nashville (laughs) at the time. Right. And so I started on the journey working every day to open my little cupcake place. Now, I didn't necessarily want it to be in my house. (laughs) I literally wanted my cupcake place to be on Jefferson Street, Mm. right on the corner of 7th and Jefferson, which, you know, was what became really known as the lab Mm-hmm. And Germantown cleaners. Yeah. But because of the historic nature of the building, the owner of that particular building didn't want me to bring a kitchen into that house. And so now, fast forward 15 years, that place Burned. was decimated it, yeah, in, the, in tornado. the tornado. Yeah. Um, and so we watched our friends, Josh and Tab, yeah. lose all of their businesses that were in that spot. And we actually. Um, Josh and I both opened our businesses on the same day, wow. the same year. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so we just always were kind of like celebrating together right. on, on our birthday on November the 9th. But I didn't necessarily want it to be there, but that's what I could afford. At the time I was married and my husband had a man cave. Mm. And he said, if you will be serious, I'll give you my man cave and let you put your little cupcake shop in it. <laughs> so my little cupcake shop took over the whole entire, you know, house, house yeah. and now owns the property. Wow. What, at what point in the baking process before you opened up, did you taste something and you're like, oh, this is it. This is the secret. I'm not going to ask you for what the secret yeah, is. Yeah. But I'll tell you the secret. I, I would love it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. The secret is love. I think that we put a lot of love into everything that we do. And we always believe at the Cupcake Collection that calories don't count here because if love conquers all, that's got to include <laughs> calories. So we don't even want you to count them. I think it's the difference maker. The amount of attention and time that we put into making it right. When I was back there in the kitchen, I was just trying to mimic my grandmother. My grandma was known for baking. She cooked every single day. She would leave her house to go take care of another family. Um, She would cook at their house, take care of their home. And so she had to make sure that her household ran without her there. And so my grandmother was really good at process, but she didn't know that. She had a third grade education at best. Um, She was doing what she had to do and didn't think about it. She was doing what she had to do. So when I called my grandma on the phone at 17 years old and said, Grandma, I was pregnant. You know, I was in college uh, because I was always a really smart kid um, that made some really dumb choices. Right. And so at 17, I was at Xavier University. I was hungry and my grandmother lived on the bayou. And so I called my grandmother on the phone. I said, Grandma, I'm hungry. And my mom said, if I cook, she'll wash the dishes. (laughs) 
Now, my mother hated to cook and I hated to wash dishes. And so my grandmother taught me everything I knew about cooking over the phone in five minute increments. So my mom would give me about five dollars that I could use in a week to call my grandmother because, you know, long distance wasn't unlimited. Right. At the time. Yes. And I we would hurry up and talk as fast as we could. And then I'd hang up and check back with her on what it was she said if, if I needed a little bit more time. And that's how I became the cook that I right. that I grew to be because I did it over the phone with my grandmother. So then 17 years later in Germantown, I want to make a cake. So what do I do? I call my grandma. <laughs> I say, Grandma, I need to make a cake now. She's like, what are you doing this for? You don't even like to be in the kitchen. You're going to be my doctor. You know, I had gone to school to study science. I wanted to go. I eventually guess I would have ended up in Nashville to go to Meharry. Right. Um, but I made some dumb decisions and it ended up being the best decision, you know, of my life. I, I couldn't have marked my life out like that. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, like I said earlier, every stupid thing that you've ever had to do or er, ever experienced is taking you from where you are to where you want to be. And that little baby, I, I would do everything over again for him, you know, and just just to just to raise him and love him. Um, we did everything together. And so when I get to Germantown and I've got this business at 15 years old, he was the face of the cupcake collection that people knew. He would go uh, with his friends. Um, his older brother, you know, was already um, off at Austin P. Mm. He would go down with his friends to Monell's. He asked Michael King if he could talk to his customers while they were waiting. And he would tell them, my mom makes the best cupcakes in the neighborhood. And then he started saying, my mom makes the best cupcakes in the city. It went to the state and it went to the country and went to the world. And he was right every time. And yeah, yeah. And, and little did we know he was a prophet. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted them to come down and try it because I told them whenever we would sell out, we could close and they could go do whatever they wanted to do. And so that's been, you know, that's how we got there. Just on the phone with a grandmother who was willing and a family who was always willing to put in on what it was that I wanted to do. And you guys had a, a good product, which always helps. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things I tell people about this, you know, just being in, in music for 25 years, however long I've been doing this. Mm -hmm. It's it's like if you have a good record, you want people to hear it. Mm -hmm. If you have a good cupcake, you want people to taste it. Because yes. once they taste it, they're going to come back. They're going <laughs> to tell their friends about it. They're going to share these things. You know what I mean? And yeah. so you guys had an incredible product. Um, how long did it take to get the word out? Because I know like now it's like you said, you sell until you sell out. And if you I go to the cupcake like... collection too late, <laughs> you might not get shit. You know I what think I mean? that those who know really know, but I think we're still trying to get the word out. Um, as that little boy that I was telling you about, he would go to Monell's and he'd ask, can I talk to your customers? He had a dream that one day he was going to go to college, get a degree in law, and he was going to protect his mom. He ended up going to college. He interned at Bo McAllister Norton, wow. which is now called Spencer Fane. Spencer Fane, yeah. And he, you know, he became, you know, one of their little prize gems on the wow. team started in the mailroom and we are welcoming welcoming him home this year he just came back in february he's now the new coo of the cupcake collection wow. so now he's taking the reins and with those same kids that were working the counter together they now run the show yeah. and i think it's really 
fun to watch it happen. So they're on an expansion plan. You know, they're trying to figure out what it is that they're going to do to get this word out that we that their mom makes the best cupcakes in the world. Because when we just hop on over to Green Hills and you can run into people who've never heard of it. Yeah. You know, you can go over to Hendersonville or you can go over to, you can't go to Mount Julie and find anybody. I don't think that's ever heard of it. But, you know, because that Donaldson store we used to have. Yes. Was so, so beneficial. Clarksville, still huge followership in Clarksville. But with all the new people that are coming to Nashville every single day, that leaves a big job on my team to try to figure out how are we going to scream from the rooftops? Hey, we put this city here, yeah. right, you know, in the middle of North Nashville. We made it sweet city. <laughs> Lower Broadway would be, would, be, would be my guess, right? Yeah. Like, open up a shop on Lower Broadway, they would... They're just there. You know, the people are already, already there. Already there. Yeah. <laughs> You're just opening where they are. And yeah, you guys have a still have a store in New Orleans too? Yeah. How did yep. that feel going back home? Oh my gosh. Going home to New Orleans and then having our ribbon cut with the Black Chamber there mm. and Keith Plessy, who is the great, great grand not son, but, you know, he's like right. a third generation relative from the Plessy versus Ferguson, wow. you know, yeah. decision. And having him there to cut the ribbon with me, because historically we don't have businesses in historic Garden District in New Orleans. Yeah, we don't. Especially like black owned businesses. Yes. Yeah. I don't know much about New Orleans, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I've been told that there's some separation. Yes. It's uh, very much alive today. Yeah. Um, when people find out that a black woman has a business on Magazine Street, they get excited wow. about it and they want to be a part of it, which is, you know, what happens here in Nashville, I believe, too. What's unfortunate is that we are living in 2022 mm. and that's still the narrative today. Yeah. But New Orleans was the hub for slave trade in the world. Wow, More slaves more enslaved people, I'll say that more correctly, more enslaved people came through the harbor right there in New Orleans than any place wow. in the whole entire country. And what people don't know about me is that my father was born on a plantation. And when you think about that, you know, I'm I'm not that old, you know, in the right. in, in the scheme of things, right? My father was born in the late 1940s on a plantation that is within your scope of imagination. Yeah. And to know that my family comes from the largest sugarcane plantation in Louisiana at the time and that I run a very successful business that's based on sugar. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's redeeming your time yeah. at its best. You've turned it around in like one generation, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And so going back to New Orleans was a victory lap. It was going back to teach my sisters um, and my friends who wanted to be a part of it what they could do if they believe. They marvel at what happens here yeah. in Nashville. Um, and the support that we have from the community here, because they still have a they still have a struggle to go. But at the same time, there's a very great pride in the city for what we're doing. 
uh, and the people want to be a part of something good. And I'm just really proud to say that we're doing really good things. When when our grandmother passed away, we were right outside of Terrio, Louisiana, which is my maiden name. And Terrio, spelled the riot, uh, is only a few towns over from where we buried our grandmother. And so we asked Siri to take us to Terrio. And so the big house is still there. Wow. And we're driving onto this plantation. And it takes us, says, you're arrived. And we're in the middle of an operating sugarcane farm. Right. <laughs> where there are big machines picking cane. And we just stood there and I looked around at the terrain and I looked around at, you know, the ground and just imagined the people who came before me who walked this very land and it was foreign and they didn't know where they were and they didn't speak the language. And I just imagine all of the women who came before me who cooked in that house because mm. I know who I am. Right. Right. I know that they probably had some amazing things that they couldn't have made their own livelihood with. But now I'm going to do it because that's running in my that, that's running in my veins. And so you might never know their names and you may not ever have tasted what they could have done, but you will experience them because you will know my name and you will know that what we're doing is the best. And that's that's what I'm out here to do. I'm out here to put a face to those nameless, faceless women that came before me because I have the privilege to do it. I'm speechless for <laughs> for somebody that gets paid to talk. <laughs> wow. I heard a quote today and I hope I don't mess it up. It just felt so right. Um, but it basically was saying that the highest privilege is to get to live your life, you know, to mm -hmm. get to have your personality and be you. And I just really sat with that, like, you know what? It is a privilege to get to be me. And what am I going to do with it? I'm really proud of what my family is doing now. Um, all of us have some piece of this running in our genes that say, when we leave here, you will know that we were here. And so my brother recently started a nonprofit organization called Terrio Farms. Mm -hmm. And so Terrio Plantation can now get its time redeemed through his work at Terrio Farms. And so Terrio Farms is an urban farming community that goes and teaches in the urban places where there is food insecurity how to make sustainable food on your balcony. It's amazing. In your backyard. And he learned farming during the pandemic and said, never again will my food be insecure. And so he took what he learned and now he's going out and learning or teaching that to other people. And it's so amazing. A friend who had a farm and just had lots of acres said, let's make a bless the people garden mm -hmm. and donated acreage to Terrio Farms to be able to learn farming. And we just didn't know until he started out on it that behind my grandparents' house, my father used to have to farm the land and they would grow berries and potatoes and things. And so it kind of doesn't matter. You know, you've, you've heard those stories about twins separated at birth mm. and children separated from siblings and how they sort of act the same even when they come back together. 
I think the same thing goes for your lineage and what's running in your DNA and that he has this green thumb. And now he's teaching all of us how to live sustainable lives and grow our own food. And I think it's also something to say that, like, you don't know what you could possibly be good at until you actually try it. You didn't know you could make the world's greatest cupcake until you started (laughs) making cupcakes. Your brother didn't know that he was good at farming until he's started farming. You know what I mean? And it's just it's just one of those signals to say, if you feel something, if you want to do something and you've never tried it, you could possibly be the greatest of all time at it. Like you're the greatest cupcake <laughs> baker of all time. You, you know so what I mean? Much. And I mean that. I, I really do. I, I mean that as somebody that loves sweets. Like I'm yeah. a sweet guy and yeah. yours are the best. Thank you. Hands that. down. Yeah. Uh, and even also, though I am a Saints fan. You, even though you are a Saints fan. <laughs> and that pains me to say. <laughs> that pains me. It's funny because I had the I had the guys from uh, Slim and Huskies on last week. And I loved them. They said almost the same thing where they started just handing out pizza in the neighborhood and were like, Hey, is this good? This is good. You like it? Okay, cool. And they would just kept perfecting their craft. Just like kind of like you said you did with the cupcakes. It was just like, Hey, do you like this? Our stories are actually very intertwined with one another. Um, when they were the green truck moving company. Yeah, they moved. They moved. We talked about that too. They moved me into one of my last house, the house we lived in before. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I was getting a divorce and uh, I was leaving, and I said, "Whatever you can't get in this truck, you know, leave it because you know I'm. We have to go." Right. And they never divulged the things of my life, wow. you know. It, that that was so important to me. And I would always, you know, say that to them, how grateful I am that they kept whatever my situation was at the time, mine. Right. They could have, they they always knew when I called, right? Right. Um, and so I'm saying that to say not to put my business in the street, but to say that you don't know what people are going through. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be successful all day long. You still are living a life just like everybody else. And those guys just were good to me. You know, they they made sure that they always got me from where I where I was to where I needed to be. And so when we started moving equipment and spaces as far as commercially, it was like they're the people I'm going to call. So when they left the moving business to go to pizza. Well, you know, we had to be involved in that too. We needed to be taste <laughs> testers and all of those things. Yeah. It's a, it's amazing what's happened uh, in North Nashville as well, especially when it comes to, to black owned businesses, because it's just almost like a, like a breeding ground for black business now, like Buchanan street, just all of North Nashville. And it's because of you, it's because of them. It's because mm-hmm. people decided to invest in this neighborhood, which is another thing that, um, I had uh, a lady by the name of Major Carter on and we did. A, she wrote a book about, you know, if you have a good idea for a business and you grow up in this neighborhood, open the business in that neighborhood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Help your neighborhood out. And it's always been a thought that people have to get out of these neighborhoods and we have to be successful outside of the neighborhoods. And And her point was, no, you can be very successful in your neighborhood. And that's what you've done. That's what they've done as well, which I think tip of the hat to you guys for that, because that's that's really some visionary shit. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I love about that is until you want to open a business, you don't know that our mission has nothing to do with cupcakes. Mm. That's just the carrier. That's the packaging we use to get to you. We want to be makers of joy. 
You are. Right. <laughs> it, no, seriously, like anytime you walk in there, it's like it's 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 very real and it's very it seems like everybody in the building is happy to be there. Yeah. Like nobody's just working, riding out the clock. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It feels like people are really there to help and everybody yeah, I feel enjoys like we it. really did orchestrate that on purpose. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that they know when you when they work at the Cupcake Collection, when I win, they win. Yeah. Like, you know, I my goal is that my team would be the best taking care of, you know, cupcake team that anyone ever did see. And so every year I just want to get better for them because I can't do my life unless they show up yeah. and they show up and they show up as the best version of themselves that they can be. I proudly wear the 37208 zip code. Yeah. And knowing that it is the most incarcerated zip code in the country. Yep. Um, I want to be successful there and I want to show other people about what they can do if they believe. And their problems are great and their problems are real, but they are not their problems. Exactly. And I want people to know what they could make and what they could create. And so we just want to be an example of what good business looks like. That doesn't mean we're going to get it right all the time. But we want to be an example of what good business looks like. And it, it hurts my soul so deeply when I hear other black people say, that's why I don't shop at black mm. businesses. And the thing that I teach my team is each one of them are in business for themselves. So you can't get in trouble at work at the Cupcake Collection because you own this. Mm. And so each one of them know that they are in business for themselves and the business that they're in is their labor. So when you effectively tell someone, I don't shop at black business as a black person, then you're saying that you're not worthy for people to use your labor as a source. So then you perpetuate the narrative that we should be the highest incarcerated zip code in the nation. Because if we can't work, then we can't get money. And if we can't get money, then we can't take care of ourselves. And then it's kind of like just a snowball effect from there. And it's not that we want, you know, as a culture to not do business well. You don't find that in any other culture is anyone saying that's why I don't do business with Asian companies right now, you know, or or Jewish businesses right now or Hispanic businesses right now. We're the only culture. And there's a reason for that. It's because of our lineage, how we were stripped from our heritage. And so. We have to do a better job at saying, I don't have 400 years of my grandfather did it like this, but if you'll give me some grace, I can get it right. Mm. Come back and tell me what I didn't do well. I want to make it right. So when something goes wrong at the Cupcake Collection or any one of our family businesses, what we want to say is, what can I do to make it right? Because somebody just wants you to listen. Somebody wants you to hear what happened, what went wrong. And then we want to take that and we want to take it back to the team and we want to say this isn't acceptable, you know, or, or we we've got to do better than this. And those are the people who really want to see you win. The people who say, I, I really I don't need anything free. You know, I don't need you to remake it. I understand this is, wasn't the way that it should have been. This wasn't the way that it's always been. Right. Any of those things. And that's the people who help us be architects of joy. And I also think it, it just has to do with just giving whatever business you're frequenting some grace. Like, mm-hmm. I fuck up at work every day. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's okay if you 
People make mistakes. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's impossible for it not to happen. Mm-hmm. Just give it a little grace. Unless you've done your job every day perfectly, give a little grace yeah. to people. Yeah. Just, just a little bit. And I feel like that brings me to a Bible verse that says, there's enough grace that's sufficient for me. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the thing that keeps me smiling and keeps me joyful because I know we are the best. And we also know we're not for everybody. We are not a one size fits all cupcake shop and that's okay. But we want to do our best to see people. We want to do our best to make everyone feel welcome. We want to do our best to make everybody feel included, um, important, because there's people who don't get that opportunity to be seen, you know? And it just, those are the things that I am spending my life talking about now, making sure that we give grace to other people who are just trying. So when 930 hits, you know, if we, if we were late for any reason, we're opening that door and saying, hey, we're running a couple minutes late, but we want to invite you into our prayer circle because we can't open our door without prayer. And the few times that we've been able to invite customers in, they've been very excited to be invited into our prayer circle. Or they'll knock on the door and in the middle of us praying before we open our door, like, and God, please bless the person on the porch. <laughs> that they will just have a great day because they're out there waiting with you. And that's the kind of thing that I'm hoping to be a light in the community for other people to see what good business looks like. I think you already are that. Uh, Mignon Francois, thank you for doing this. Um, I I think we base things too much in this country about how big and powerful and spread. I don't know what your plans are for future. I just know this. If you're ever near a cupcake collection, (laughs) eat it and don't even think about it. Just go and eat it and enjoy it. That's it. Just have it. I thank you for that. I've got cupcakes headed right now to Atlanta because (laughs) they're trying to jockey to be the next place for the cupcake collection. They should be. So we'll see what happens next. All right. If you open up an Atlanta store, you had to put a big Falcons uh, logo (laughs) in the store somewhere. That's all I'm going to say. I don't think that's ever going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, you can follow the Cupcake Collection on Instagram at Cupcake Collection. You can follow you, I believe, is Mignon, just your name, Mignon, Mignon Francois. Not Francois. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you have it. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. Thank and you for having me. This come back so in. fun. Yes, come back in. We got to do this once a year or so. <laughs> If nothing else. I, I would love that. Yes. And done. when you take your cupcakes home, make sure you share them with your wife. I will. I just told on you. I will. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Cinema Anywhere Nashville. You can book your indoor or outdoor cinema experience right now, starting at only $350. Cinema Anywhere Nashville provides your choice of a 16, 24, 36, or even a 100-foot screen, plus projector setup and sound system. This is a super dope service that wouldn't just be great for corporate and work events, but also birthday birthday and holiday parties, or if you want to have a romantic evening with your significant other, Cinema Anywhere Nashville is perfect for all of those things. They have the right experience for you. Follow them on Instagram right now at Cinema Anywhere Nashville and book your cinema experience today. <laughs> want to say thank you once again to my guest, Mignon Francois. If you're ever in Nashville or in New Orleans, make sure you stop by the Cupcake Collection. I'm telling you, their cupcakes will change your life. They're the best I've ever had. Uh, you can follow her on the gram at Mignon.Francois or at the Cupcake Collection while you got the app 
open. May as well follow me as well if you're not already at DolaWhite101, D-O-L-E-W-I-T-E. 101. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, follow, and like this podcast. If it lets you rate and review on the platform that you're listening on, uh, give me five stars. Say something nice about me. I uh, definitely do appreciate that. Anyway, uh, next week, brand new episode. Talking about becoming a writer. My guest is going to be author Camille Baker. Super dope episode, so check me out next Wednesday morning. Uh, I'll be right back with a brand new episode. All right? That's it. I'm out. I'm gone.